Hey listeners, welcome back to Redefine RVA's Coaches and Coffee podcast with your hosts, Ben and Demetrius. Today is part two of our five facets of fitness series, and we go into nutrition, mindset, and hydration today. Hope you enjoy. All right, D, and we're back. We're here for part two, talking about our uh, our five facets of fitness. After I wrote that whole thing, I realized how many Fs are in there. Five facets of fitness. Yeah, I thought it was like five facets of health. I like the five facets of fitness, but that's a lot of Fs. You but dude, don't, don't forget about the fast facts. <laughs> five facets of fitness, fast facts. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's a catchy it's, name right there. It's too many Fs it's, is what it is. We're going to work on that. But anyway, I like it. Um, last time we talked about movement and we talked about sleep. Um, we're going to recap those uh, at the end of the episode, I think. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, but first we should talk about coffee. <laughs> the same coffee that we continue to drink each podcast. Yeah, I got, a, I got a few other questions. So, you know, since we're not drinking any new coffees yet and we're going to probably work on this, I think what we should do is get some sort of subscription mm. and we can talk about the coffees that we're trying but i like that um besides the fact that i can guess that you're drinking blanchard's black um you got it i'm gonna let you know i'm drinking blanchard's americano so i'm only switching how i'm drinking it and so my first question for you yeah is what is your favorite specialty drink of coffee you know what man until recently i didn't really have a favorite specialty drink until you put me onto the cortados Oh, was that me that did that? Yeah, you did that, man. You were like, have well, you ever know, I got that from somewhere else. No, I got that from Luca, Luca Hosevar. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've always I've heard about it. I've heard about it multiple times. And it's funny, actually, I heard it in the fitness realm as well through some other coaches. They were talking about mm. it, and I was just like, all right, whatever. You know, I drink I drink my coffee black. I'm fine with that. I don't need anything <laughs> special. Um, but yeah, when I got that cortado, I was like, ah. I like this. I like it's it a, a it's lot. a coach's thing, I guess. You know, coaches and cortados. Yeah, yeah. Before before like like coffee and stuff. Before I really got into drinking coffee at all, like I used to do uh, the green tea lattes from Starbucks. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, and that's healthy because it's green tea, right? Oh yeah, especially with all the sugar I used to put in it. We don't want. Yeah, we just ignore the sugars and <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny. I I started. You know, I like. When I first had coffee, it was just riddled with sugar and cream. Yeah, that was yeah. how I was drinking it. It's like that Beastie Boys lyric. My favorite Beastie Boys lyric is, I take my sugar with coffee and cream. Egg. That was how I drink my coffee, man, is I would put yeah. spoonfuls in there and I'd, and I'd stir it around, pour the little cream in there. And then my uh, my girlfriend was like, you know, you should probably try that without sugar for like a week or two. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, all right, fine. But I would put cream in it. And then I was like, all right, it tastes kind of good still. Um and eventually, somehow the cream came out over years, and then suddenly I was like, "Black coffee or nothing. This is amazing." Yep. Um, and then I started drinking better coffee too. Like I stopped getting just the bags of Dunkin' or like Folgers or mm -hmm. whatever, and I started getting nice coffees, and that made all the difference. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've probably been drinking black coffee now for like six years straight. Like just black <laughs> coffee kick. But um, before you just made that sound like that's all you drink. That's all <laughs> I drink. What's water, dude? What is water? I use water to make my coffee, so obviously I'm getting hydrated that <laughs> coffee way. Coffee is net hydrating. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, um, um, all right, so yours yeah. is the Cortado. Mine, 
would also be the cortado. It's weird. I I never saw cortados on the menus at these places. Um, Very true. But now cool. now I'm seeing them a little bit more often. But I'm always I always go in and ask for a cortado. Maybe we because we weren't looking for it. Ah, oh, dude, dude, that's wise. That is wise, right? You know, can drop few gems you're not looking for. <laughs> oh man! All right, so that was question number one. Second one is. How do you brew it, and do you have a favorite way to brew your own coffee? You know what? I haven't really explored many different brewing methods. Um, I've tried mm. a French press and your standard like drip coffee drip uh, machine. Yep. Um, so out of those two, I prefer the drip machine. I don't know. The French press was okay, but I don't know. I just felt like a lot of work for coffee that <sighs> tastes about the same. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, and then like yeah, so drip coffee is. The way I've gone, uh, I haven't, but I've, yeah. So I haven't really tested other methods myself. I've tried pour over coffee. Definitely, you can tell the difference mm-hmm. a little bit with that there, that method. But um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yourself, what, yeah, is, think, what is what is your way? Well, my it changes a lot. Um, I really, I really like the AeroPress. Mm. Um, it's so simple, but it's more for me how it tastes. It ends up seeming like cloudier and like thicker. Yeah. than just a pour over or a drip or a French press or whatever. So for me, it almost is kind of like this medium between like your standard like gravity coffee that's just like drips through and um, like a pressure coffee. So like kind of like closer to an espresso. Yeah. So I love the AeroPress, but I, t- I find myself just doing the pour over more because it's just easier. For um, sure. But yeah, I mean, I've tried I've tried them all. I actually think I have like five ways of brewing coffee in my house. And I am always trying to buy another one, but <laughs> we started with sounds like a good um, blog, blog. Yeah, right. Yeah, five ways to brew yeah. coffee. Five ways, but I started with drip, like most people, and then I got the French press, which we liked for a little bit. We I don't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Aero press. We have the pour over. We do have an espresso machine now, and oh, six. I have a Turkish coffee. Oh my goodness. Um, thing. It's called an Ebrik, but the it's kettle? like a tiny little. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's like the um, it's like an Erlenmeyer flask shape where it's like yeah. wider at the bottom. Yeah, and yeah. Tapers to the top, and it's got this long handle. My sister went to Turkey for um, like a foreign exchange program. She brought that for me back. And I've tried it several times and I just can't get the technique right because it you don't strain the beans at any point. Mm. So you boil it and it's supposed to do this like boil up and, and over thing. And yeah. then it pulls like the beans back down and it does it two or three times, I forget. And then you just pour it like carefully into a mug, but and then you let it sit and all the coffee beans sift to the bottom. But it's always like a nightmare for me to drink because it's so gritty. But I guess if you have a good one, which I've had a good one at a restaurant, um, they are really good because they're really sweet too. They put a lot of sugar in there. Yeah. But um, I haven't figured out how to brew it at home. So that one just kind of sits in the cupboard, which is Dang. why I well, forgot about I'm it. I'm glad you told me about that because I saw that. I'm like, oh, that sounds so cool. That's a great – yeah. I have <laughs> shitty coffee all the time. Oh, it's Dude, it's rough, me. man. But, but that thing is – the strongest coffee. I mean, you put an absurd amount of coffee into a Turkish coffee. Yeah, yeah. So it's like even more caffeinated than an, than like an espresso or something like that. You know, it's it's really a big. It's like a big deal. Damn those, those Turks. Good <laughs> cool, um, man. That's awesome. Last question. Last yeah. question. Um, basic roast. What kind of roast do you prefer, mm. and why? Mm, man. Mm. You can be generic, like 
like I, dark I'm, medium. I was gonna oh yeah that's that's where I'm thinking that's my level I'm <laughs> that's that's my yeah. level of uh, coffee knowledge there um, yeah so I, I typically get like a, a medium roast right on yep and that sits middle of the roast me. stuff. yeah I don't know yeah yeah, you, you dive a little bit deeper. What kind of roast do you get? Do you get like the the feathery light roast with the <laughs> I love a light roast. That's what that's pretty much all I drink, especially yeah. if it's not espresso as I'm using like light roast. Um they it, it it's funny, I went to a shop one time and I asked for a light roast and they were like, Oh, we don't really like know what that is. They didn't seem to know what they were doing there that much. Um, Interesting. And I was like, just do you have something like like has fruity flavors? Because light roasts typically have like a fruity note of yeah. some sort. It's like grape or plum or orange or cherry or whatever it is. And uh, she was like, well, we have this like blueberry infused coffee. And I was like, no, just give me your give me your standard roast. <laughs> blueberry infused. Interesting. But yeah, light light roast for me. That's what that's what I'm about. Cool. What reason? Why? Because of the sweeter taste, the fruitier taste. What, what is it? Um, yeah, it's, it's the flavor is just different. You have a more like wide range of flavor. It doesn't just taste so much like burn or, mm. um, that like traditional coffee, fl like flavor, there's more to it. There's just like some more interesting things to it. Yeah. But, um, there's also a little bit more caffeine in the light roast. So got you. Yeah. I like, I like, my, oh, I, like I like my coffee to taste, uh, like pretty much like gravel. <laughs> tasted gravel before <laughs> gravel coffee interesting okay all right let's see if we can find d a roast that has gravel notes to it <laughs> that's my coffee all right well cool so we covered coffee a little bit heck yeah sweet. man sweet um so let's pick up where i'll pick up where we left off last time so we had talked about movement then you talked about sleep and we'll kind of recap all this at the end but we'll jump right back in with uh the nutrition piece which mm -hmm. i'll give these and we'll talk quite a bit about these kind of back and forth since this is kind of big and i did not limit these down to facts at all i just <laughs> have very like broad ranging topics here but um my first one is kind of a saying um and it, it's got two different things so the saying is a calorie is a calorie um and uh, my side note is except when it's not. And so this is a very nuanced topic um, and it depends much about where you're coming from. But, you know, when we talk about helping people with weight loss or fat loss, we're trying to like iterate to them. A calorie is a calorie. That's the main that's the main driver here. And that's the main thing you're looking for. But and then we always have that but of like these types of calories are going to help you a little bit more. They're going to help you feel fuller. They're going to help you feel more energy. You won't feel hungry. You won't feel tired all the time. Um, those are the, that's where the nuance of it is, except when it's not is because, you know, uh, the calories you get from yo-yos are different than the calories you get from kale and chicken breast. Like obviously people know that, but, mm -hmm. um, but really when it boils down to it, eating kale and chicken breast alone does not like inherently mean that you're managing your calories and you could still be gaining or not losing the weight that you want to lose if you're not really attacking it from that overall perspective of calories. And so, yes, a calorie is a calorie, but it's not all the time, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a great thing to bring up um, because, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm eating healthy foods and stuff like that. It's not saying we're not taking anything away from that. We're not taking away from mm -hmm. the nutritional value that you're getting from the foods that you're eating. We're just saying 
there's still energy a part of that food and you still could be overeating that energy which is could be causing again in this term of like weight loss or weight gain it could be causing you to gain weight still no matter mm -hmm. if it was you know the chicken breast and broccoli like you said or kale versus a slice of pizza whatever else it could be compared to chocolate cake 100 percent, 100 percent. And it's important to make that distinction, right? Like, are you, is the person you're talking to, are you the listener listening about um, weight loss or fat loss, or are you listening for or paying attention to a healthy lifestyle, mm -hmm. or like a healthy yeah. diet, right, in yeah. general? So, um, you know, if you're talking about living just a healthy lifestyle and you're not really focused on managing weight, you don't need to necessarily think about calories as much. And what you do need to think about is the nutritiousness of your food or the, the overall health of your food and where you're getting your micro and macronutrients. But uh, yeah, when you're, when you're hitting it from a different goal, the conversation just changes just a tiny little bit. Um, so yeah, I think it's important for people to understand that base level, but um, not to take away from the, from the healthy eating side, because that is hugely important. Definitely. Um, hugely, which is my next point about micronutrients. So micronutrients are basically your vitamins and your minerals that you need to thrive and survive um, on a daily basis. And these numbers that I'll share here are basically, um, they're based off of the RDA or the recommended daily um, allowances, I think. Oh, I forget that last word, but basically how much you're supposed mm -hmm. to take in on a daily basis. Um, and typically these are in like grams or, you know, milligrams or, um, you know, there's some other units they use, but micro basically, yeah, micrograms, that kind of stuff. But basically what, what you're looking at is a huge, huge portion of our population is deficient in one or more of some of the main, um, things that sustain us on a daily basis. Um, and we wonder why people are lacking energy or lacking motivation or sleeping poorly or not performing the way they want to perform. And looking at micronutrients, it's not super sexy, but it's really, really important. Um, and so just a few numbers here, and then we can talk about like sources for these micronutrients. But basically, the ones that I want to talk about, iron, 25% um, of the population is deficient. Um, calcium, 40% of the population is deficient. Iodine, 30, about 33%, about a third of the world is deficient in iodine. Vitamin D, about 40%, and that gets worse if your skin tone is darker or if you're older. Um, magnesium, about 50% of the population is deficient. And potassium is, uh, I believe it says about 50% of the population is deficient. So um, these, are, these are key drivers to so many things. Um, iron has a, a big effect on your hemoglobin, so how much your oxygen, like how much oxygen you can, can carry in your blood. So that's predominantly iron. And if you have low iron, you don't get good oxygen flow to your muscles. And so that can be a decrease in energy. Um, calcium is hugely important in the role of the, of, of the muscle contraction. Mm. Um, I forget since it's been a while since I was in a class or in college, but I, I forget exactly when it drives the reaction. Basically, without calcium, there is no muscle contraction. It's kind of the, the driving force that starts the, the reaction. So... Um, already we're, we're seeing decreased performance and probably decreased energy. Um, vitamin D, vitamin D is essential for immune function and also for energy as well. So, you know, many of these things are basically just energy, um, energy and sleep and, uh, you know, movement in general. So sure. vitamin D, uh, if, you know, I think we make, we make so much of it from sunlight 
and we're spending more time indoors, especially like quarantine. People are not as out, not outside as much. Or if you're living in a place where it's cloudy a lot, you have to really focus on getting sunlight, um, especially, but you know, in a safe way. So people like me need to worry about taking too much <laughs> you get some burn, <laughs> but um, people need to, to get out in the sun and, you know, in appropriate doses and make sure they're getting vitamin D. And there's also some dietary uh, sources of vitamin D, but it's really predominantly sunlight that does it. Um, magnesium is important for sleep, like predominantly, and potassium is also important for muscle contractions and uh, recovery and all that. And basically, without getting too much into detail, the the main sources of all of these things come from, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I wrote it here, dark leafy vegetables, dark leafy greens, mm-hmm. um, vegetables and whole sources like um, meat, like organ meat, red meat, fish, seaweed, um, avocados, sweet potatoes, bananas, spinach, beans, like whole foods. So, yep. I mean, you don't need to stress so much about is my calcium at 100%? Is my iron at 100%? Just eat eat a lot of various whole foods and you're going to be fine. Um, I think just the problem is how much other stuff sneaks in that's not super rich in these things. And that's where we start seeing deficiencies. Yeah, yeah. And I, <clears throat> excuse me. Ooh, I wouldn't even want to only say like sneaks in, but like what people predominantly are making their meals out of. You know, if someone is consistently eating out all the time and not choosing those whole food options with the places that they're choosing, or even if they're buying like these at home, easy make, you know, frozen meals, they could be losing from some of those micronutrients that you're speaking of, you know, depending on the mm-hmm. processes that those foods are going through. Um, so I think that just kind of goes back to that form of like, yeah, make sure the whole food, they're whole food sources, but you're choosing to make those choices there. But you can also have the other stuff just make sure that predominantly your diet is full of whole food sources and a wide range of them you know we can a lot of people get stuck to eating the same things where they're like oh yeah i just eat the same things or i don't like this stuff um you know always try to to challenge people to venture out because you don't know really what you Mm -hmm. like until you have it a lot of people just have this mindset that they don't like something (laughs) Mm -hmm. you haven't Mm -hmm. really tried it or it's been years since they tried it you know it happened when they're a kid and they have this like thing built up in their mind, like, oh, I never, I don't like that. It's gross. Um, but yeah, trying in different right. ways. There's multiple ways to cook things and stuff like that to still preserve its nutrient value. Right. And, and yeah, and like, and to the other side of that point, like, yes, try things and be open-minded and try to move on from maybe bad experience you've had with food. But also like, if you don't, if you don't like kale, don't like force kale down your throat. No, you must um, force kale. Yeah. <laughs> kale is the number one priority. <laughs> kale is a superfood, man. <laughs> oh but dude when you when you do look at nutrient <laughs> profiles of foods you're like oh there are foods that have like huge benefits kale's one of them it has oh, yeah. like just a cup of kale which is like a very small salad or even just like you could throw that into a smoothie pretty easily it's like 200 percent of your vitamin a and your vitamin c like check and if you're trying to check health boxes of like making sure you're hitting micronutrients or certain sorts of macros or whatever like that's a that's a good one. Heck like, yeah! Throw it in to sh- like get efficient with it if you want. Um, again, if you're choking it down, you're finding yourself having a miserable time. <laughs> and maybe move on. But like if you can if you can do it and you like it, that's a good one. I mean, there's some foods out there that are really really good like that. Um, last little fact is uh, 75% of the U.S. doesn't meet the fruit and veggie recommendation. Mm. So 
eat more fruits, eat more veggies. You're going to, you're going to hit these numbers much, much better. You're going to be much happier with your, with your diet, your health, your energy, your sleep, uh, your motivation, all that stuff. Each fruits and veggies. 70%. That's a, that's a huge percent, man. It's huge, dude. Yeah. Huge. But it's, it's sometimes when you look at it, it's kind of hard to hit it. But I mean, if you eat fruits and veggies like regularly throughout the day, you're going to like with each meal, fruit and veggie, snack, fruit, veggie, whatever, you're going to do fine. Um, okay, uh, micronutrients. So we're going to move on to macronutrients, which are um, the larger scale components of the nutrition side here. So we've got your, your four main ones are carbs, protein, fats, and alcohols. We're just going to talk about the first three, carbs, protein, fats. Um, these are typically will make up the food that you eat. And these, you know, people's percentages of these range widely, but they're all very important for various body functions. Your body can function without, you know, large amounts of each one, but how long, how well, um, and, and like, how do you feel on those different ratios is going to be dependent on each person. Yep. Um, and so without going into too much detail, we'll just start carbs. Um, really important for energy, really important for micronutrients, really important for fiber. Um, if you don't understand why fiber is important, um, you should look it up because like, it's serious, but like you should be having fiber in your diet. It keeps your, your digestive tract moving. Um, and also all these things, they contain huge amounts of micronutrients. Um, the carbs is really the, one of the main sources of your micronutrients. Um, and 97% of the population is, is deficient in fiber. Did you know that? I believe that. I didn't know that percentage, but I, I believe, I believe that. It's huge, dude. It's insane. Um, so, uh, carbs, you like carbs. Uh, um, yes. <laughs> I, like, I like carbs. At um, least. <laughs> what, what do you think people hear when they, when they hear carbs? What is the, what's a carb to people? To the general populace, I would say a carb is like something sweet. You know, the person that probably popped mm. in someone's mind when they said carb was like a cookie, some type of, you know, pastry, um, mm. something along that lines there. Something like a grain or yeah. Flour. Bacon, yeah. Something. Yeah. I think that's where most people go is they say, oh, carbs are bad. Even, like, and yeah. Sorry. I was yeah, like, even directly like sugar itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, they might even be going straight to the source mm -hmm. and sugar is carbohydrate right. um, at its most basic form. There's also complex carbohydrates, which are like potatoes, um, uh, whole grains, you know, even like things in beans, like the carbs in beans are, are complex carbohydrates. That just means they take longer to break down in your body. And so there's various levels of carbohydrates and some that have certain uses like, you know, sugar would be instant energy. It's readily accessible. It's great for if you're like in the middle of an athletic event and you need energy, it's, you can put it basically right into your bloodstream and use it as energy. Um, you wouldn't want to chomp down on a potato in the middle of your <laughs> marathon because it's going to take longer in your stomach. It's going to sit heavy. It's going to take longer to digest and you won't get the energy right away. Um, the insulin, you know, the insulin secretion with this stuff is based on how simple or complex it is. So simple, it's going to be higher and quicker, and then complex, it's going to be slower and more sustained. And so people get scared of that insulin, uh, you know, that insulin response. It's normal, but you know, we do have to watch it. If you're eating too much sugar, it's it's going to be a bad thing. You're gonna you're gonna get, you know, insulin sensitivity if your insulin is constantly spiking with simple carbohydrates like high fructose corn syrup sugar and 
even, you know, even sometimes with fruit, but it's, it's not as prevalent with fruit. For sure. Um, for sure. And I think along the basis too of the carbs and stuff that I even named a lot of times, what people fail to see is like cookies, cake, stuff like that. Those are not solely carb based items, mm. butter, there's milk, there's a lot of fat and stuff like that. That's, com you know, that's combined with that to make that type of food. So it's not like, so true. Oh, I'm just eating these carbs or these cakes and snacks. I'm like, it's not only carbs, it's not only sugar in there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and to, to, to like re relate it to being refined um, and whole food and that sort of thing. When you, when you talk about a cookie or you talk about a donut, you're talking about uh, refined sugar, refined flour and refined oils or fats, right? Mm -hmm. Like things that take processing to make them and people, you know, you, you can say carbs are bad or fats are bad or whatever. But if you ate those sources as whole foods, they would be much, much better for you, much easier on your body um, as far as insulin response or, you know, clearing of like fat and stuff. So, yeah, whole foods, always coming back to whole foods. <laughs> um, protein. Protein is important. Uh, we talk about a lot in terms of fitness, uh, you know, building and maintaining muscle mass is critical for that. And there's um, a portion of proteins called uh, non-essential amino acids. All proteins are amino acids, but uh, non-essential means that your body can make them on its own from whatever it has uh, you know, floating around in there. And then there's nine that are essential. They, you need to take them in from your diet, um, otherwise your body doesn't get them. And so that's why protein is essential. And uh, it's usually one of the only things in diets that doesn't fluctuate. Like, you know, you can have a low carb diet, you can have a low fat diet, you don't typically see like a no protein diet. Oh my God. It's pretty no. essential. Yeah. Um, but have you seen the US like DA's like recommendation of protein? No. It's what is that? ridiculously low, dude. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think oh, I, no. I used their calculator once just to see how it compared to other like resources. And I think it said oh. I needed like 60 grams of protein. It's a little light, man. It's a little <laughs> like, <low>. whoa. <laughs> That's pretty low, man. Yeah. I get that from one chicken bread or <laughs> two chicken breads, sorry. And, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, that's super attainable. <laughs> yeah, super attainable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's wide ranges of how much protein is recommended for people. Um, the, more, the more active and the more, you know, intense things you're doing, probably the more protein that you're going to need to eat. But there's always that base level. Um, I'd say, you know, for anybody, I would never go below 60 um, yeah. grams of protein, you know, pretty it's much dependent, anybody, it's yeah. dependent on the weight too. If we're looking at, well, if you're comparing it to lean mass or, you know, total weight, but yeah, true. Very true. You know, back to your, your five, five foot tall person might need a little less protein than you, mm -hmm. but you're right. But yeah, so, um, building and repairing, uh, making enzymes, um, uh, and hormones. So they're important for hormones. Um, and hormone regulation is, is key, especially with, you know, all of the, all of the components of health, you need to have good functioning hormone levels. And, you know, you, you get a lot of that maintenance from sleep, like we talked about, but a lot of it does come from your diet as well. So eating good, healthy foods, making sure you're getting plenty of protein, like all that stuff plays, plays into the hormones a lot. Um, that's critical also in production of hormones. They are responsible for carrying fat-soluble vitamins in the blood. So your vitamins A, D, E, and K, which probably don't mean a lot to you guys, but those are essential for metabolic function or just your cell function in general. 
Um, and then also for brain function. So fats equals good brain function. Heck yeah. Love fats. Love fats. I love all the macros. Come on, man. I can't I never <laughs> do a low anything. Got to keep them all moderate. I love them all. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, man. I like, I like them all. Um, let's, uh, I want you to talk a little bit about this one too, but the 80, 20, the 90, 10 rule. Um, and this is my number four kind of topic is like, it's kind of underlying underlying theme is perfection or like, where's the gold standard of your nutrition. Mm. Um, and then I think, you know, it's important to say, you know, we talk about 80, 20 rule, the 80% is, you know, good or, you know, killing it. And then the 20% is like, I'm kind of cheating. I'm kind of like deviating a little bit. I'm having my, my vices or whatever, but I'm, I'm on track still. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to talk about 80, 20 as a baseline 90, 10 as like a higher performance style, because I don't think anybody in their right mind, or if they're being honest with themselves is going to say my, my nutrition is on 100% all the time. Not going to happen. No. And so I think if people don't have the expectation that like, that's a possibility, if they say, you know, perfection's kind of out the window, nobody's doing it. Even the people who are in the best shape, looking the best, whatever, like whatever the goals are, the ones that are killing it, they're not even doing it 100% of the time because they know it's not consistent. They know it's not sustainable. We like pizza. We like cake. We like donuts, cheeseburger, all the stuff that you associate as unhealthful foods. Those need to be somewhere in your diet at some point if you, if it's a thing that you enjoy. Um, so yeah, what, what experience you got with 80-20 or 90-10 um, kind of pro, like ratios of healthy yeah, to non-healthy. Yeah, I would say there's definitely times, so like you said, it, it, there's not someone I can say that's hitting it 100%. Person that I know, there might be an extreme level athlete that's doing it at a period of time, but it's not over a long period of time. And especially if somebody is or thinks that they are, they could be leading. That itself is an eating disorder. When you think that you're just eating clean 100% and you don't mm. vary. I mean, orthorexia, that's an actual eating disorder where you start yeah. to compare that like fitness lifestyle or healthy lifestyle to in thinking that if you waver that you're doing something bad or it starts to affect mm. you mentally and other functions because you can also be for women it's horrible because that could that can mess up again their hormones and stuff like that periods and just a function of their body men as well um so yeah so i think again that 90 10 80 20 very very doable achievable ranges there for myself mm. i would say Predominantly, the, most of the time, I'm in that 80, 20 range, 75, 15, something, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, something like that there, or 25. Um, but uh, yep. uh, yeah, so yeah, for me, and for me, that's helpful because not only just the nutritional part of it, knowing that I am getting, focusing on whole food sources um, to get predominantly most of my calories and most of my energy, um, but it's that mental it's that, that, that ability in my mind to know that, okay, I can have something outside of the profile of healthy, if we want to put the term on it, but it's going to make me feel better. It's going to keep me healthier because it's going to keep my mindset better. Where if you get restrictive and you're pulling away and stuff like that, that's going to make it harder for you. When you're looking at nutrition as something like it's taking away from you, you're going to be less likely to want to follow through with it and keep it up. Mm -hmm. You're looking at it from that standpoint. Um, so then like up to 90, if you're saying you're getting to that 90, 10 range there, I would say that is someone who's again, probably looking for more optimal performance, who is trying to get to maybe a lower level of leanness, things of that nature. So you also got to know what your goals are, because if, yeah, if you want to be at that level where yes, you 
have maybe, you know, visible abs 24 seven. Um, you look really good. Uh, all those types of things when it comes to like that aspect and then you've been feeling like hundred percent, well, not even hundred percent, but feeling better. You're going to want to look at that 90 to 10, but if that's not achievable, if you know, like your lifestyle, if you want to have the drinks out with your friends, if you're not too worried about, you know, the visible abs 24 seven, all that stuff, then you need to weigh that to your lifestyle and where it fits best for you. So that's kind of where I've been. Yeah. I've definitely had both. I've definitely been in the 90, 10 range and I've seen that's how would that affect my lifestyle. And I've been in the 80, 20 range, um, and somewhere around those averages there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you said something that triggered this thought in my head and this question I had the other day of like, I think you said, um, you know, when you eat healthfully, you're going to feel better, but it's not, it's not only physically, but it's mentally like, you know, you're, you're moving yourself in a positive direction. So there's a mental component too. Um, but I think, you know, people can, can look at like the types of foods they're eating and, and address it to, to their energy levels quite a bit. And if you were, if people were more mindful about it, they might notice that their energy was a little lower than they wanted it to be. Um, but like, my question was, you know, did you, did, was the first time that we ever ate vegetables where we like, Ooh, yay. <laughs> like, no, no, we weren't what well, we were. We were told to eat them. We ate them and we, you know, we feel, we felt better. We grew. Um, we learned over time that, Oh, these things are good for us. Even if it took some reinforcement, like people were like, Hey, you need to keep eating your vegetables. It's good for you. Be an adult, eat your vegetables. Like, Sometimes it takes that little push of like, I know it's good for me. It doesn't feel good right now because it's not the thing that I want to eat. Um, but it's gonna, it's gonna prove good for me in the end. So sometimes it takes that little, little push of like, I'm, I'm going to just get over this hump and eat these vegetables. I'm gonna get over this hump and I'm going to do this exercise or I'm going to start this program or I'm going to, you know, stick to this because I know that it's good for me in the end. And that, I know this is a bit of a tangent, but I just wanted to make that point of like, if you if you're always doing what feels good, um, it might not lead you to the life that you want mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to be like, I know this is good for me, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to stick to it. And I'm going to keep that promise to myself. Uh, and then you just you start to see the the positives from it. Um, it's not always instant. It's not always instant gratification. Uh, you know, vegetables. You know, I think they taste good. I don't think a lot of people always think the best foods are vegetables, but. For sure. Yeah, I agree 100% on that. That's that's like an awesome way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So um, last thing, this is a Michael Pollan quote. Um, this one is, it's, uh, you know, quote, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And I just thought that was very simple. Like, you know, if you're trying to eat healthfully, this is a great motto. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Um, super simple. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cover a lot of the bases and it's going to help you simplify it and not not overthink it. You're about to get attacked, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mostly, so mostly plants. I guess that would be the thing, right? You're going to get attacked. Would, yeah. would attack yeah. me on. Yeah, I'm just about to, yeah. yeah. But true. But like if, I mean, you can't just eat only plants, but like <laughs> maybe you can, maybe, maybe it makes you feel good. But if you were to take this and adopt it from most people's current diet, yeah. eating mostly plants would be getting more more adequate fruits and vegetables in their diet and maybe they're hitting like the 80 20 rule and the rest of their stuff is like where they get the other stuff in their diet so you know i just i love that saying and i know it's it's probably a little bit more like plant-based than anything but yeah yeah but like like you said though i think it's going to be helpful for those who are not achieving 
the numbers that they want to achieve or not getting a lot of those more nutritious foods in. Just saying eat mostly plants, it's probably going to raise their level up. If they're at 25%, mm -hmm. they might get to 50% of those plants, you know, where again, it, it's going to be different for everybody. But for those that are on a lower level right now, because you said 70% of people are not eating their vegetables and fruits, that mm -hmm. could lower that number if mm -hmm. people just follow that. So true, yeah. true. Yeah. It's kind of like a, like a course correction. Heck yeah. Awesome. Was that the cool. point? That's it. Nice. nice. Let's hand it over to you, man. Let's talk about your thing. Dude, nutrition is so, so, yeah, that's so important. But mine is important as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mindset. It's the mindset portion, which we kind of talked about in all these things. Actually, the mindset is incorporated in everything that we're speaking of in all facets of fitness and health. Um, so where I started off here, so my first point was um, negative thoughts you know, and having negative thoughts. And then after that's positive thoughts, so I might mix these two together a little bit, but just like the association, like the negative thoughts and how that impacts your health and your fitness. Like it's, and I think we, it's hard for people to, again, to, to see that because it is a mindset thing and it is your perception of stuff. But when you're negatively looking at something like, let's go back to nutrition there. If you see, for instance, let's say, a piece of cake as something bad, that's going to have more effect on you than someone who just looks at it as a piece of cake. It's a piece of cake. It's just there. Some, you know, it's energy is maybe not the best source, but someone who can eat that piece of cake and look at it that way is going to have, it's going to have affect them much less than a person who's like, Oh my God, this is horrible. And then that person that's looking at it that way, it goes and eats it and then feels worse. You know, mm. they can't get away from that fact that because of their outlook on this, just this thing, this object, this, this piece of food that is gone, is out of the way. And it's like, it doesn't have much effect after what, you know, you, you eating it, you eating it, you might feel mm -hmm. a little worse and then you go on about your time and you can start eating healthier foods. But people are in this negative mindset about it, which causes a ripple effect. So like having a negative mindset is just it just can ruin a lot of the things that you're trying to do, especially when it comes to like exercise. If you're looking at exercising, you're only thinking about all the bad stuff about exercising. Like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't, um, I hate it. It sucks. It hurts. It feels bad. How do you expect yourself to stick to a regimen or what, why do you think, you know, showing up and if you are showing up to it, are you going to get any benefits from, because you're probably not going to put in as much effort as someone who comes in with a, maybe a neutral or more positive mindset to that specific thing. If, they're, if you're, if you're going to come in, you're probably going to, oh, I'm not going to do it hundred percent or 90% or even 80% because it's going to feel worse. It's going to feel bad. It's going to yeah. hurt me. It's going to be this, yeah. that. Um, and you're always going to be holding yourself back. So if you're not going to give yourself that much effort, you're not going to put that much effort in because of your mindset about it. You also got to understand how that's going to affect your results that you're going to get from it as well. So it's those like subtlety yeah. in just your mindset. And there was a study actually uh, where, there was, there was a study that there was a, uh, they did on a small percentage of people, but there was people who perceived themselves to be less active than others had up to a 72% higher mortality risk 21 years later than those who perceived themselves to be more active. Wow. And that's just, and they could have been, and that was them um, thinking on the same level of activity. Like that person could be. Oh, so they they controlled for activity for, level for controlled activity level for physical activity oh, level. So the mind exactly same exact activity level but one group was looking at it as it's not enough and the other one was like oh i'm doing more than enough and that total that huge percentage of mortality rate there 
between the two different studies there. And that's how big that like the effect of like looking at something negative versus positively can affect that. And then on the positive side, there was a, they did a study where there was, I think like, I think it was 84 um, like hotel attendants or maids, female, all female. And they told the group, they had a control group and they told them like, Hey, what you're doing right now for work is exercise. Like you're getting, you're getting in the, the recommend daily recommendation of exercise for the work that you're performing. And so they, cause they did their health. They measured their health along the boards of like blood pressure, um, feel the keys. I didn't write this down indicators, but, um, and then, so they told them that, but then they told another group. So the other half of the group, they didn't, well, they, the other half of the group, they didn't tell them anything and they just put them back to work. So they all had their check-in. They put them back to work. Four weeks later, they did a recheck up with these group of people. The group of people that they told that they are doing more physical activity at work felt like they were doing more. So that correlated over to them losing weight, their hip to uh, waist ratio going down, their blood pressure lowering. Um, all these key indicators just dropped where the other group either stayed the same or some varied in levels there. Wow, dude. Yeah. Wow. Just by being told that. So I'm reading this book um, right now called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. And uh, so, someone um, recommend that book to me. I got to get that. It, yeah. So it's great so far. I'm not very far in. I'm, I'm trying to learn about this stuff. And um, what one of the first things she's talked about is the like the play between scarcity and abundance mm. and um, how when we approach things from scarcity, we like stifle ourselves, which is essentially what you're talking about yep. when people think they're not enough or they're not doing enough or they're not good enough or um, whatever it is. It's just not I'm like, I'm not blank enough. Like that's the formula for scarcity. Correct. And if there's something you feel about that, then you're self-limiting like hugely. And then from the opposite of that is not like is not abundance of like, oh, I'm doing so much. It's all like I'm doing everything. It's like, I am enough, like I'm doing enough. I'm, and that's exactly what you're talking about, which is so cool is that they were basically told like one group, um, you're doing enough, like you're, you're killing it. Like you're doing this. And the other group, you didn't tell them anything, but they were left to probably think they're not doing enough. And yeah. just the changes that they saw from that belief only, um, that's insane. Dude, it, it, what? That's a, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's truly amazing. Um, but it definitely, it just goes to prove like the way that you're thinking about things and even yourself, because again, it can go back to like yourself as well, can totally affect not just like the way that you're showing up and doing things in terms of fitness and health, but just your whole life. Like, <laughs> like every aspect of your mm. life and your output of your life there. So which is all a part of that health spectrum there. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. Any points? That was great, man. I love Brene. Uh, no, 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 keep going. That was great. That was hugely insightful. Yeah. Um, so then the next point after this was not all stress is bad stress. Um, because I, I, the first time that I approached this, I was thinking like stress is being bad. And I was going to go over how stress can affect you in just the bad ways, but that's not fair because not all stress is bad stress. Stress is there for certain reasons. And you, and also again, the outlook of how you're looking at it can also determine how you feel about stress. Um, but typically let's say if we're looking at stress from um, the unhealthy point of view, it's gonna be you know, stress leading to um, anxiety, depression, stuff like that, causing your body to feel more tense, leading you to headaches, um, 
just not good emotional well-being, which is going to be hard for you to, again, feel motivated or have energy. You're going to feel more tired, especially if your body is tensed up and you're having these, um, if your body's in that type of way, when you're trying to do something, you could lead you to hurting yourself because you're just in this tense motion. And when you're trying to do movement, you, you're, if you're not factoring that in, you could hurt yourself depending on what you're doing and stuff like that. So that's when stress can definitely be detrimental to you, especially in the terms of like um, the anxiety and the depression. And those are all on varying scales there. But then a uh, mm -hmm. positive response to stress would be more so like having, if you're, again, this could be an outlook thing, but looking at stress as something as a, a motivator. So, you know, in stress, we have that, like that, the, what's it called? The flight and, or fight or flight. fight or flight response there, where it's like the parasympathetic and the sympathetic, how your body, you know, um, you can utilize those states in different ways. And they're there for a reason to obviously keep you safe in some ways, uh, mm -hmm. but then also to help you push forward and give you momentum to, again, also could keep you safe or get you going in a certain direction. So like for looking at managing these things, it's the best way. You're going to have stress. We are going to have stress in our life there. If you can look at it as, okay, I'm feeling stressful, but how can I progress from the stress? Or, oh, I'm feeling stressful and you cave in and you sink in one could be helping you, but you got to look at why, like figure out why you're having that response to stress that you want to pull away from it. And it doesn't make sense. Is it something that you should be pulling away from, or is it something you should push against and try to grow from it? Um, mm. so yeah. And that could be different for a lot of people there. And so, so it sounds like, you know, the, the kind of formula that we're looking for is, is like stress, um, you know, stress stimulus, what's your reaction or, you know, mindfulness about how you're reacting to it. And then secondly is like detaching from that. And then how do you, how do you adapt Correct. to it? That seems like the general formula. And I think where people, um, where people get to choose is they get to choose in that moment between the stress and like the reaction of the response. Mm -hmm. um, usually like reaction is people kind of like, like you said, like tense up and run away or hide from it or like try to ignore it or whatever, you know, like I want to put it away um, or you choose to, to face it and, and acknowledge it and then um, try to figure out how to how to manage it or cope with it and then find a way to move forward. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and so there's many ways that you can do that, too. Like so, you know, diving right into the stress or going against it or trying to fight it to get on get out on the better end of it it doesn't always have to be as an action that sounds like that way where you have to attack it. It's not in that form. It can be where you are pulling back, but you are pulling back with more intention. So managing stress can come down to, it can be, uh, you know, deep breathing, which is, you know, very just relaxed sitting. That could be meshed with uh, meditation and stuff like that, but it could literally just be breathing, just taking time to really inhale, exhale, focus on your breathing. That there itself can, you know, lower your cortisol levels, help to manage that stress. Or it can be, again, meditation, um, journaling, writing. That is like an action. If you start to write out, okay, what is stressing me? Why am I feeling this response? What, you know, what, are, what are the things I can do? And you list things that you can do. What, I, what can't I do right now? You know, when you write that stuff and you get it out of your head, you're automatically starting to lessen the fear around it. Because that's too, that's a, a mm. response. Your stress is creating some type of fear response as well. Um, and then it can come to more approaches like exercise, yoga, where you are actively moving. Sometimes like we know exercise can help with stress management 
anxiety, depression. And I say that even from like a personal standpoint there, I find that exercise does that for me. When I'm in those states there and I get moving and I get the the blood flowing, um, it helps with the dopamine release and all this other good stuff that can come from it, I feel better. Like I ultimately start to feel better and feel like I can even approach it from a different perspective than I was when I wasn't doing something more active. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it can come to other things too, like massages, therapy, hobbies, and stuff like that to manage stress. True, true. Yeah, uh, the breathing thing is is central to it all. I think, mm-hmm. um, and I think if you focus on none of the other pieces and it was just breathing, you would see positive um, positive effects on your stress levels. All the other ones are great. They're also you know they're also great outlets, but I think. Breathing is so central to us. Um, it's huge. And so um, box breathing is one thing I've been doing recently. I you take in um, you know, a number of counts of inhale, hold, same number of counts, exhale for the same number of counts, and then hold on the, on the out for the same number. So it's like four in, four hold, four out, four hold. And you just do that repeatedly. For sure. um, belly breathing. So making sure that you're breathing into your belly, not just your chest or your shoulders, you know, you're breathing down into your diaphragm. Um, all that stuff is super helpful with stress management. That's huge. Heck yeah. Def- definitely the breathing point there. And I think even too, when it comes to like exercising, I find myself more mindful of my breath. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I get into a zone where, I mean, you are going to breathe differently during exhaustion and stress like that way, but there is more points where I'll be more mindful of that breathing deep into my diaphragm and stuff like that and not trying to get caught in such a shallow um pattern um sure so after that so talking about and this kind of even goes in tune with uh the negative positive and the way the outlooks and stuff like that is the growth versus the fixed mindset um i know this one you really like too (laughs) oh yeah you really like this point of view so i actually have a quote here from uh carol dweck who wrote mindset you know, the book that goes very deep into the whole growth first fixed mindset and has all the studies in there. So in this quote, you know, this is, this is to give somebody who may not know what we're talking about, a little reference is in a fixed mindset, students believe their basic abilities, their intelligence, their talents are just fixed traits. They have a certain outlook or a certain amount. And that's that. And then their goal becomes to look smart all the time and never look dumb. In a growth mindset, students understand that their talents and abilities can be developed through effort, good teaching, and persistence. They don't necessarily think everyone's the same or anyone can be Einstein, but they believe everyone can get smarter if they work at it. Now, this quote is actually, obviously, it's coming from more of a student, you know, perception or like a class perception. But I think in life, we're all students of life. So we're still learning. And I think you can look at it in that way. If you fit yourself in there (laughs) and you take it from that point. Yeah. You might not be in a school setting right now, but you're still learning. Obviously you're going through life and the way that you're looking at things, you have either a way that you're looking at it that's fixed and you think that it can't change. And that for you, it can be, if we're going to put it into uh, the aspects of now or with fitness, it could be like, um, I don't have time. That itself in the way that if you say it that way, it's like a fixed mindset rather than, a growth mindset would be in terms of like, uh, you know, I know making time is hard, but I want to make this a priority. I want to make fitness a priority. So I'm going to sit down and schedule this out, or I'm going to work with, if you have a significant other and figure out where can I put this because this is important for me. So, you know, you're, you're not just dis- discounting the fact that time is like, you might not have time or your time is being utilized in many ways, but you can find a way to alter that time. 
you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I think, and I look at it too, when I think of fixed and growth mindset a lot of time, I look at it from like an athletic uh, stance, um, just because I see that a lot in athletes. Like they show up, you know, like almost like no matter what. And they have this thing that they're never stuck in this place, even if they're doing basic stuff. Like if you're looking at like a basketball player, they come in and they're shooting the same shot a hundred times, you know, the basic same shot where someone could look at it and be like, oh, well, my foul shot is my foul shot. It's never going to get better. Like it is what it is. So I'm not going to practice that shot or I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Where this person comes in, they're like, no, it could always be better. Like it doesn't matter if I shot this same shot a thousand times since I was in grade school to now I'm an adult in the NBA, I'm still going to shoot this same shot and it's going to get, and mm -hmm. I'm not just to maintain, I'm going to get it better. It's going to be so effortless. Um, so, yeah. So, and, and then also in that aspect too, it's not only looking at the, the end result, it's the process. Um, I think that's a lot of things too. People in fixed mindset, they're looking at like the definite end, which there isn't even a definite end if you're not trying or anything like that, but they have this definite end in mindset where everybody else is looking at the, uh, or the growth, not everybody else, the growth mindset, people are more likely to look at the process, what it's taking to get there. And I can go back to that reference of that basketball player or whatnot, but they're looking at the steps in between and enjoying the process. They're enjoying going to the workout, sweating, you know, understanding like, okay, I feel this way, but like, you know, I'm getting better. I'm, oh, this lift is getting better or my movements quality is getting better or I'm having less pain when I do this now. And then they, then the result just, they, since they have this aspect and they're looking at this mindset in this way, they start to get to that result a lot faster than someone who's coming in. They're like, well, here we go. Another workout up, oh, same thing up, oh, feeling the same way. How do you expect, expect something to be different? If you're feeling the same every time that you're approaching it and it's at that same level of that mindset there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And fit, you know, like, the, the the whole idea about loving the process and like understanding that there's going to be there's going to be successes and failures and it's all about mm, the, yeah. the process and growing as the central source rather than like the end goal as the central source or the final destination um i think when people understand that the process is the end goal versus the end goal is the end goal mm. that's when that's when the real change happens and so like I saw this with myself in college, like the fixed mindset of like, when I was playing sports, I was, I was starting to like harbor this fear of failure. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm supposed to be good now and I'm supposed to be at a certain level. And that inhibited my performance. That was like, that slowed down my growth because I was no longer in a place where I was thinking about improving. I was in only in a place of thinking about performing. Yeah. Wow. And so my focus shifted from growth and process to like performance and like end result. And so it stifled my growth as a soccer player, which, you know, I'm well fine with this at this point, like worked through all this. But like that at that point was devastating for me. Like when I wasn't performing well, it was like firmly like in my head, like that was an attack on my ego. Like that was not OK. And so it was tied to everything. It was if I didn't play well, it, it affected me in every other area of my life. I thought I was not doing well. I thought I wasn't as good as I thought I was. It was like tied to my self-worth. Whereas all throughout the rest of my life, you know, maybe even like partway through high school, it might have started to shift, but I was like only interested in getting better. And like as kids, they even, they study in that book how kids want to do things typically that they can get better at. 
but there's some kids that start to develop that fixed mindset. I think they were using puzzles at the time yeah. where some kids wanted to just keep performing the same puzzle because they were good at it. They like they knew how to do it and they were like, oh, I'm good here. But other kids were like, oh, I want to make the harder puzzle. Like, I want to try to do that one. They they sought out the process. They sought out the change. And I think that's huge is when people start to realize you're not going for the end. You're going for the process. And, and the growth is the process. And, like, understanding that that's where you want to be is key. Definitely. And, I, I mean, I don't want to go off too much on a tangent there. But even like you said that, this made me think of – just like, I th- I don't know, it could be, I look at it because I'm in America, we live in America, but just like the traditions and just how you're growing up and how schools looked at, is always kind of looked at the end goal. Like you're never, really, mm-hmm. they're never talking much about the process. Like you're, even for yourself, you're just trying to get through it to get to the diploma or get to college or get to the job. Like it's always just those markers rather than everything that's going on and in between that time there. And I think, again, it, it is, I think it might have been in that book as well, um, but I'm sure there's studies to show that difference too. There's kids or people that focused on like the process in which they were getting to these uh, milestones rather than people that are just focused solely on the milestone itself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. Okay, yeah. So last but not least, fifth one there, um, which again is not really a fact, <laughs> but um, <sighs> knowing your why. I think just knowing mm-hmm. the why behind just why you want to exercise or be healthy or be fit and stuff like that, it's going to help you along again, all the health ranges here. Um, and yeah, so when, in, in knowing your why and on a deeper level too, I think when people are like, oh, I know why I want to do this. I want to lose weight. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand that. And that's a very good reason. But like, well, what are the other indicators around that? Like, why do you want to lose weight? And then it's like, okay, then why is that important? All right. And why is that important? Like you want to keep digging and digging and digging um, because that's what's going to help you. That's what's going to really bring the motivation, that intrinsic motivation. Like external stuff is super helpful when you see something or you know somebody and this and that. It's good for momentary like boost. But when you know and you have a deeper reason why, you're going to show up and you're going to perform better. You're going to have a better mindset. You're going to have a better outlook. And those days that are tough where you don't want to show up for yourself, you're going to more likely have the ability to do so. Or and also be a little bit more um, – you'll also be more uh, empathetic to yourself too. When you know your why and something happens or you fail, essentially, if you want to say fail, I put quotations around that. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you'll have a better you'll have a better way out of it because you know like at a deeper reason why you're doing this and not one mistake not one mishap is going to stop you from achieving that if you have also the growth mindset to go along with that um, mm-hmm. so yeah so in terms how would you f- have somebody find that why or how can someone uncover that i think um i think you know it, it relies on honesty and relies on somebody asking like but why but why but why like mm-hmm keep going. Um, so, you know, if your your reason, I mean, maybe we could do an example of this, but like if your reason coming in, you, you want to start working out, eating better for weight loss, what's the real reason? Oh, it's because like, I don't feel good about myself. Why don't you feel good about yourself? Because I'm, I'm tying my worth to um, my weight. Mm-hmm. Why are you tying your worth to your weight? Well, because it's, you know, I'm being told by a society that this is how I should feel about myself. Well, and then you keep going and you, un- and you unravel it a little bit and you're like, okay, Look, so you can start and you say, you are like, you are enough. You're a good person. You can like all of your characteristics are not tied to your body weight. You have not failed. You have not 
screwed up your life, like all that, you are on the right track to, to starting like a positive, healthy journey for yourself um, from a place of love, not from a place of like, I need to do this for whatever to like look better for whatever. Right. It's, it's like you've hit the center, the central core of it um, rather than just the superficial layers. Heck yeah. And then it's just keeping that in mind, you know, now, you know, that, um, you know, write it down, put it somewhere. Cause our mind, we have so many things going on. Life is going to come at you. Your mindset is going to, if, especially if you, if you're already in a mindset where you maybe are coming from more of a negative aspect, you want to try to reinforce those positive stuff. So if you, if you do an exercise, like Ben was saying, and someone coaches you to find a deeper reason why, write that why down, journal about it, journal about it a lot, write it like day after day, put it somewhere where you can see it to remind yourself, especially if you don't already have that intrinsic motivation, like someone else, like, again, if you approach probably me or Ben, we have that because it's just internally built. And we have also demonstrated to ourselves why that's important multiple times. So for yourself to build up that same capacity or you for yourself, you need to make sure that you're doing it, you know, pushing yourself to write it down, put it at the forefront of your mind. Um, Yeah. And just much like, you know, the vegetables thing, it's not always going to feel great when you start. Mm. But if you're aligned, you get you get past those humps of like, this is hard, this sucks, I don't want to do this. Like, those sorts of things just start to become little tiny speed bumps, where you're like, Oh, I know how to get past this, because I'm focused down the road. I'm not focused on how I feel right now today. For sure. Gets you past those little moments. Yeah. Yeah. And then that why thing, I love the like the, the why's and digging in, especially just because it can help you problem solve. So whenever something comes up, when a bump comes up, even if you found your why and you don't show up for yourself and you start to feel bad, ask yourself why you're feeling bad. Like, why am I Ooh, feeling bad about this? And then dig in there and because you, you're going to come up and you're going to probably find like, I'm feeling bad because I'm letting myself down. I know this is important to me. I know that this is going to be a journey. Like you'll start to answer a lot of the questions that you have. Um, I think this is really important. I think a lot of us, we kind of shy away from asking ourselves and kind of figure, trying to figure out why we're reacting a certain way. And we just think it's just the way we react. We have that, again, some people have that fixed mindset where they're just like, this is just how it is. This is how my family was. Mm-hmm. This is how we are. This is how I am. That's not the case. That's just your outlook on it. And you can totally change that if you just be open to growth and be open to asking yourself some questions to get find that growth. Growth, baby. Heck Love yeah. it. Love it. So um, I want to I want to rip through hydration real quick because we are talking a long time today. So <laughs> let's just pop, pop, pop. Let's just knock this out, yeah, man. It's good stuff, though. Good stuff. It's been great. It's been great. I, we might have had to do a three part series, but we already said two, so we're gonna stick to our word here. For sure. So here we go. All right. Um, your body number one. Your body is sixty made up of sixty percent water. All right. So if you're not drinking water, you're seriously disadvantaged for how your body's working and feeling. I've been lying to people. What do you mean? You said 70%? I've definitely said more water than that. 90, your body's 95% water. <laughs> I don't know if I said that much. I can't remember the numbers I said, but I usually say really high, but that's just my way to tell people on it. <laughs> right on. It's probably, it probably varies a little bit, yeah. but it's, your body is a lot of water. It's crazy. Um, Water is super important. It helps you regulate your temperature. So when you're working out, you know, fevers, whatever, it's helping you regulate body temperature. So really important. Um, you don't want to overheat. Prevents constipation, flushes out waste, and performs all major bodily functions. Um, I mean, it's literally important for almost everything. Like anything you put in your body, you pretty much need water to help get nutrients out. 
Um, your cells need water to basically do all the reactions they need to do, whether it's from energy or waste clearance or whatever else they're doing. Um, cause I can only remember so much from biology and exercise physiology and all that stuff, but, um, it's really important guys. <laughs> uh, there is no set amount of water that they recommend for people. Um, there's constantly debate over how much is good or how much is enough. Um, but there's really not a good number. You know, they usually say those eight, eight ounce glasses, eight times eight. So that starts you at about 64 ounces of water. But again, people are very different sizes, different heights, weights, all that stuff. Um, so you need to take it on a personal like basis, an individual basis. But a good starting point for most people is somewhere between 78 ounces and 100 ounces of water. And I'm guessing that most people drink somewhere between 20 and 50 ounces a day. Um, there's people that guzzle water like I do, like I'm closer to like 140 ounces a day, which sometimes feels like too much, but, um, there are people who drink are like happy if they drink one bottle of water a day. That's a start, right? That's a start. You can, you can probably up it a little bit and you'll start to feel a little bit better. Um, but yeah, they, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like, in terms of what you're saying there, just like, yeah, that could help so many things just the way. Everything we listed here could be affected by your water intake and you feeling like dehydrated and stuff like that. Last thing I read, because like you said, it's all over the place. Last thing I saw was like uh, an ounce per per body weight now. So it's all over this. It would that would bump you up quite a bit. And I think that's where I started my habit of drinking close to like closer to my body weight. But it started to feel like just way too much. Um, so I knocked it down, but again, like use your individual basis. I think, you know, I'm going to go into it here a second, but, um, you're good, a good level, a good marker is like your pee color. So that can be affected by other things like coffee and tea and alcohol. Um, even soda, caffeine, basically like stuff can affect that color. But if you're peeing straight up, no color pee, you've had probably a little too much water. Mm-hmm. If you haven't pee, that's like yellow and dark then you're not drinking enough. Okay. It's super basic. It's super simple, but like aim for a pale yellow color. And when you're peeing into water, remember it's going to dilute it. So, you know, don't pee, you know, dark yellow into the toilet bowl and be like, Oh, it looks pretty pale to me because you mixed it with two gallons of water. (laughs) Right. So have an honest look at, have an honest look at your pee color. Um, But no, that's true. I was honestly waiting for you to say that because that's, that is the best indicator. Literally, I have yep. like testing my levels of water and seeing how water is affecting my dehydration. And I, that's what I go to. I look at that measurement tool. Like, all right, let's see what, what Pico looks like today. Yeah. And I've been doing that for a long time since like soccer stuff, yeah, yeah. but they, you know, I, you know, I did some research and I found that people who are typically overhydrated are people who are like athletes because they're worried about getting dehydrated. Yep. So they're drinking too much water. It's a, it's probably a fine line, but like, if you're getting in those realms of color, you're going to be, you're going to be all right. Um, and also based on how you're feeling too, like if you need to drink more water to feel better. And when you do drink more water, you do feel better. That's a pretty clear sign. If you're drinking less water and you're feeling like crap, drink more water. If you're hungry, drink some um, water. <laughs> that too. That too. Um, you also get water from your foods. Uh, so plants, especially like vegetables, fruits, um, they all carry a lot of water. So if you're eating good amounts of fruits and vegetables, you're actually increasing your water intake, right? So a smoothie is not just fruit and nuts and seeds or whatever else you put in smoothies and vegetables. It's actually a lot of it is water too. So, 
don't discount those things. You, you might be doing better than you think on water. Yep. yep. Um, oh, the last little tidbit is uh, a good habit to get into is drinking water when you first wake up. So like my typical habit is I'll look at how my color is when I wake up and then I'll have usually a, a bottle of water, somewhere between 12 and 20 ounces of water to start. And, uh, and then I'll have my coffee about an hour later. So yep. that's on, that's when I'm, when I'm nailing it, that's what I'm doing. But some days like, you know, I'm sure you've seen me walk in the gym at 5am with coffee in my hand. I did not <laughs> probably get my bottle of water that yeah. morning, but again, we're working at 80, 20, 90, 10 here. It's not perfect, but these are good things to strive for water before water, before coffee, check your color. And, uh, first thing in the morning. Heck yeah. Cool. Record time. That, that oh, was that was, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I hit five points in there. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, but um, I know we had a breeze through water, but hydration is super important. Like, really, like it affects these all. Obviously, as you can hear, they all affect each other in some way or some shape or form. There, but water, like on a cellular function, like level, like it, it's just huge. And it's scary yeah. sometimes when I hear people like, oh, I haven't drank any water today or I hate water. And like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, no. Oh, man. Like, I know it's, it man. may be not the best tasting because it, it doesn't have a taste. I don't know how it isn't the best tasting, but uh-oh. Well, hold <laughs> up. Hold up. The Here's the thing. Tell me I'm wrong when I say this. Yes. Water's flavor is its temperature. <laughs> okay. You've got – okay, so warm water tastes a certain way. Cold water tastes a certain way. Hot water tastes a certain way. You know what? You, you could be right there. You are right. Because if I, so water probably does have a taste. Because yes, if, if water is sitting there for some time and I go to drink it, I'm kind of like, mm, I need a fresh glass of water. Like this water is not, not the same. That <laughs> it wasn't like technically tasteless. But yeah, I think that's like a, yeah, I love that. I love that little thing when I saw that. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, man. Um, we did it. Okay, we did it. We nailed all these all these topics. Recap. Do we want to want to recap? We're gonna do, right. do another podcast. Of the recap. Recap podcast. Oh yes. my god, it'd still be an hour long. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. This is okay. Um, let's see if I can boil down movement to like one key point. Um, let's see. Okay, here's a challenge. Mm. Move, okay, I'm going to make it one sentence. Wow. Move, move more without pain. Get mobile and get strong. Those are, that's it. I did it. That's what I think about movement. Mm. Move more without pain, get stronger and more mobile. Gotcha. Your body's going to like that. Your body's going to like that. For sure. Um, then sleep. Let's, let me see if I can pull this off here. <laughs> One sentence. I don't maybe. know if I can do one sentence, but whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out. So sleep. <laughs> um, I'll start with. God damn, this is hard, man. You put me on. Sleep <laughs> is all right. Sleep leads to healthy brain function, helps you with your emotional well-being and physical health, and that's all in terms of how, getting enough quality sleep. That can be affected by caffeine too. So watch out for caffeine. Watch out for caffeine. <laughs> I like it. That was good. I that tried. was good. Um, man, this nutrition one was like the whole episode today. So uh, good luck. 
I guess we could we could say let me start with the saying eat food not too much mostly plants get your protein and monitor your energy because you could be deficient in some micronutrients that are going to help you thrive if you just would get enough fruits and vegetables not bad bad. you're good at this you're good at this all right so mindset i guess to sum it up the way you think affects the way you perform (laughs) i could say that but on a deeper level there yes super simple super simple so if you think negatively about something you're probably going to show up and you're going to perform not the best if you think positive about it you're going to perform much better and you're going to see much better results from it um and switching up your mindset from a fixed to a growth mindset and knowing your why can totally shift the way that you just show up in life and for yourself health wise and fitness wise nice oh one thing i wanted to talk about in that growth first fixed mindset thing in the whole mindset mm. thing is you know the the potential to change like the the accepting where you are mm. and the potential to change we touched on it with like the the abundance idea of like stop hitting it from scarcity which means you're like you're never enough so hit it from i'm enough i'm like i'm doing i'm trying to be enough i'm, I'm good here and hit it from the growth mindset of like, I want to improve because I have that ability. Like, yes, you're good enough. You can improve, sure. right? Sure. Like those two things can go hand in hand. And that's kind of human nature. Yeah. Like we, we tend to want to get better at things um, until we shut it down with a fixed mindset or negative self-talk, which is exactly what that whole mindset piece was about. But like love yourself and then you can the ultimate form of loving yourself is like letting yourself improve helping yourself improve. correct yep total acceptance you, you got to accept where you are to get to you know where you want to get to so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right hydration pee pale yellow <laughs> <laughs> yes oh <man>. yes. <laughs> that is it all right i think that's a wrap man i think we did it we did it man good job all right. Well, I want to thank these guys for listening. For sure. Hanging with us for an hour and 15 minutes plus the 30 minutes of the other Please one. Please leave a comment. If you made it through the whole episode without having to stop and then tune back into it, oh, man, leave a comment because, you know, we might have a special prize. I'm going to see if we can figure that out. Whoever listened to this all the through. Pale yellow. <laughs> Actually, how will we prove that? You're good people out there. Our citizens, the people who are listening to this, the redefiners. They're all good people. They wouldn't they wouldn't lie to us. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Peace. Peace.